as you all probably know, there has been an increase in the age of of basically human beings existing on, on Earth. So the age is, is getting larger for survival. And with that, there has been also a, a attribution to an increase in Alzheimer's and dementia based Ooh, diseases. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Cup of News episode, episode 76, with your favorite hosts here, Peter and Matt. How you guys all doing today? Some housekeeping. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on this episode. If you guys find value in this podcast and like our show, please give us a like, comment, hit the five stars because you know what happens. It boosts us on algorithm and it keeps on motivate, motivating us to keep on producing this high-quality content. Cupofnurses.com for anything related to us if you want to find out about the vlogs, the blogs that we post or any updates, you'll find it there. And we are frontlinewarriors.com for anything when it comes to consciousness and self-improvement and working on all new things such as the app Pronto that we have coming out, coming, coming really, really soon. End of the year is our plan and that's going to revolutionize healthcare employment. Mm -hmm. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing amazing. So on this episode, we are going to talk about us, Alzheimer's disease. And if, as you all probably know, there has been an increase in the age of of basically human beings existing on Earth. So the age is, is getting larger for survival. And with that, there has been also a, a attribution to an increase in Alzheimer's and dementia-based diseases. So we're going to talk about a little bit of the current and up-and-coming Alzheimer's research and basically what it is. This is one of the hardest subjects in nursing. Neuro, neurodegenerative, neuro diseases, neuro patients. Uh, they're always so complex. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like. Um, uh, even like in nursing school, I hated dealing with uh, neuro patients. Not that I hate working with Alzheimer's patients, just that neuro was always something complicated and something that's not as broadly, you could say, research, or we don't have as much information regarding the brain and these neurodegenerative diseases compared to like, let's say the heart where it's a little bit simpler in, in the mechanics compared to the brain where it's super complex. You could, you could predict more outcomes and cardiac mm -hmm. and what's going to happen and with ICU, with ICU neuro, you have like the EVD that's there. You have to balance. I have to understand what the milligrams of mercury water is meaning. Uh, and sometimes the patients are super combative. When you have that neuro patient, there was this one time I took care of a neuro patient for like two weeks back to back, three days in a row. And he was a guy that shot himself in the head with a, with a nail gun. So he had yeah. the nail in his head still because it was not surgically operable. And he was just a train wreck, man. Combative, you got to restrain him. Of course, you, you don't want to use Ativan because he's a neuro patient. You want to find out his baseline. So that was that was a sad case. And it's tough to treat because just like <clears throat> the brain has so much different function where it's like you can't just give like a medication to treat one thing because as we looked at depression, there isn't just one area of the brain that gets affected by, by depression. It comes from different parts of your brain. And that's how these neurogenerative diseases also work is they affect different parts of the brain for different people. So it's a lot harder to, to treat 
on like a systemic basis compared to like, for example, uh, you have a tumor that, that's cancerous. You remove it, and if you remove it soon enough, that cancer should not be there anymore. It works differently, differently from the brain because these things are not just in one area, these, these issues. It's systemic. And you can't treat it with systemic medications because you're going to produce systemic you know, adverse effects. So it's yeah. really, really hard to treat. Especially now with where the science is going, which what we talk about is now there's this bi-directional level that it's in the brain, but it's also happening in a gut microbe level. Yeah. So just to start off, Alzheimer's disease is a progressive neurological disorder that all that causes the atrophy of the brain. So the brain starts to get smaller and the brain cells start to die out. Mm -hmm. Most of these patients, the main thing you'll know is they have memory issues, memory loss, depending on how severe the stages of Alzheimer's is, it might go as simple as maybe forgetting things or as advanced as forgetting your loved one's names, which is something no one has to see or go through. And the really scary thing about Alzheimer's is there's also something called early onset Alzheimer's, which happens before the age of 65. So typical Alzheimer's disease you're going to see start developing and progressing after the age of 65. But now we're getting this early onset Alzheimer's were starting before the age of 65. So people can get it at the age of 55, at the age of 50, and it's just a progressive decline in cognition and in memory. And eventually you're not able to perform normal tasks that you would do on a daily basis because you, you can't remember how to do those things and you're not aware of, of this. And it's crazy because like if you have Alzheimer's, you're not aware of what's happening with your memory. That's you're, a you're big not, trip. And that's the scariest thing is like you're declining, but you don't know that you're declining, but everybody else around you notices it and you're still just like going through life with, with, this, with, this, with this brain that has a decreased cognition. And it's wild how that works. It's like a person that sundowns, but that's happening 24 seven in your life and you don't know what is happening. Yeah. And then Alzheimer's occurs in about 3 million people in the US a year. That's how much it affects. So that's that's a pretty big amount of people, and you know, as a as a population, we said in the beginning, as people are starting to live longer, we're going to see an increase in prevalence in Alzheimer's and other other types of dementia. And it's also wild because you might forget where you are in familiar places. You might forget to turn off the stove. I think it's a pretty scary thing to live with, and I hope my parents don't go through that. Like, I mean, I hope everybody's death is smooth yeah. <laughs> it's not something we think about or plan how our death should be but i don't think it should ever be to the point where you have to remind your family close close person what's happening every single day because they want to just go outside or want to freaking cook something at 3 a.m but it's time to go to sleep man yeah, true <laughs> but that'll be an interesting way to go out though like you having memory and kind of decline but you're not aware of it and it's just going through it. It's you can think about it, it's more of like one of the, the easier ways to go. If if you wanna, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything or you know, rude about it, but we're all nice people on this yeah, show. Right. But it's different when if you have cancer and you're suffering and you know you have cancer and then you see everybody suffering around you, versus Alzheimer's where you're having this decline in memory and, and cognition where you don't realize things that are going on and you're still living life. I'm trying to even know? process that like is the body disconnected from like consciousness because you are losing track of time like what what part of life are you in mm -hmm. because you're not aware of life itself technically like what is reality to you when reality is just a a revisit of memories for mm -hmm. you with alzheimer's yeah it's crazy how that happens and it, like 
and you can't do anything about it and you don't know that you're going through it. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. These neural diseases are, are wild, especially these like degenerative diseases. So what do we know so far about Alzheimer's? Um, as far as the pathophysiology, we know that it's a aggregation, accumulation of these proteins called amyloid betas. And amyloid beta is not fully researched. We don't know exactly how it affects the brain, but we know that it's part of neurodegeneration diseases. It's one, usually a first symptom of Alzheimer's disease when it becomes visible. They mm -hmm. kind of look for these amyloid proteins and they know that the buildup is, it's not diagnosed, but it's one of the tools that they use. Yeah. So when researchers are kind of trying to figure out how diseases work or how to prevent them, first you got to figure out how does this disease occur? And the most up-to-date and current research is saying that these these amyloid proteins are the ones that are ca causing this, this, you could say, built-up plaque that happens to cause uh, the degeneration of our neurons. And that's what caused Alzheimer's to happen. And it's all due to these these amyloid, you could say, uh, proteins. So they do function, they do have a, a function, these amyloid proteins, but the issue is when you have too much of these amyloid proteins and this usually happens when there is inflammation and cellular damage because this gets released from our cellular membrane there's like a a uh, lipid lipid layer in our membranes some membranes where if that gets broken this amyloid gets released and this breakdown of this membrane is what's associated to to causing alzheimer's because it causes some kind of release of these amyloids and then that is going to cause a plaque and you're going to get this dementia and this Alzheimer's disease. Right, good way to think about it. It's like plaque of the arteries from the cardiovascular system, but this is plaque in the brain that's causing miscommunication mm -hmm. and from brain cells to die. Right, and it's, it's crazy because like this all stems into inflammation because your cells are getting damaged and you're releasing this amyloid protein that's now causes plaque, which is also causing an immune response and causing inflammation. So this is just, this just shows us that this thing called inflammation that we thought was just associated with, let's just say, an infection like by the flu or the cold and, and the immune response, now inflammation is starting to be the culprit for a lot of these different diseases and a lot of these different issues. So it seems like, I don't, I'm not sure if these scientists are coming to a point where they can explain certain things and they're just calling everything inflammation. And whatever causes an increase in inflammation causes an increase in your likelihood of getting some kind of a disease. Yeah. You know, that's why inflammation is so dangerous, not just to like your heart, to your organs, but it's also dangerous to your brain because it can cause these degenerative neural diseases. And same thing with, you know, your day-to-day -day life as far as like your mental capacity, your ability to focus, you know, it's all related to diet because if you have a high inflammatory diet, which creates a high inflammatory state, how do you think you're going to not have cloudy vision or ability to focus on things where you're kind of losing attention quickly? So it, it all comes full circle. And that's one thing that we've we've been kind of conditioned to not think that way, where you need to eat to feel good. Like people told you, if you can't focus, turn off your cell phone, you're too distracted. But they never told you, hey, eat healthy because it's going to affect your focus. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I listened to this, to this on a podcast, but it was saying, if you get into a relationship, why do you need that ring to, for it to symbolize that? When did our society paint this picture, this nice, beautiful, sparkly diamond represents that? And everybody needs that high expensive ring, jewel, to symbolize that relationship. Mm -hmm.
that that's that's just marketing if you think about it it's very good marketing but it's also the fact that that humans have this tendency and want this urge to have these physical things re uh, represent certain feelings or emotions or something that they all agree with and that kind of goes into like even like religion we want to have an explanation for something i want to be able to be able to show certain things universally right because as humans we can't reach other's brain right and we don't always we don't communicate just with words we also communicate with a vision so that that ring symbolizes that hey this person is married they're, they're with somebody so it's another thing of communication yeah because you know we can't read each other's mind and our bodies rely on all these sensory inputs which vision hearing and speaking and all that to basically paint the picture of what's going on in, in the world so that's why we use a lot of symbolism a lot of imagery a lot of like we like to have things explained to us and we like to have an answer for these things is because that's how over time humans have kind of evolved and that's just who we are as as animals you could say yeah pretty interesting to think like look look back at that and kind of just digest why we do certain things because a lot of times we do certain things because of our genetics how things were millions thousands of years ago yeah and then it also now created it the market for capitalism mm -hmm. where freaking is uh, capitalizing on all these little different sectors like yeah. Valentine's, weddings. I mean, it's a, a, a whole industry, you know? Right. Even in a Polish culture, you need to get married and have bring a bunch of people in and mm -hmm. et cetera. But that's another topic because we're talking about the gut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and speaking about the gut, there's been tremendous amounts of research out there <clears throat> that's stating that a big portion of our immune system is actually located in our gut. So this is a very key concept, a very important co concept to grasp if you want to understand what caused Alzheimer's disease and how it kind of works and the whole spiel about, about Alzheimer's, right? You have to take a look in the gut because if Alzheimer's is caused by inflammation because you don't get an Alzheimer infection, right? So what's causing this disease and its progression of this memory loss and, and decreasing cognition? It's our own body doing this this to us. So if it's our own body creating these, these, these problems, it's usually going to stem from the immune system because that's where we get this inflammation. So if it's not an outside invader attacking us, then it's an insider, inside operation, and it's usually tied to inflammation. Not the inflammation that you would get from a cold or a virus or a bacteria, but it's almost like your own body causes inflammation and this progression in, in this disease. Yes, and that's why we're looking at the gut microbe and realizing it's so important. And even looking at these research papers, there's clearly a different there's a difference in the gut microbe between the people that have Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and the people that don't. There's a, there's a mic microbe comparison. So I don't think there's any research out about this. I don't think we've looked into it. But imagine if they start doing fecal transplants mm -hmm. for Alzheimer's patients to see if it does any kind of reverse. Because if you have a bad gut that's constantly feeding the amyloid beta plaque buildup, is it possible to reverse that plaque if it's not being dumped into our brain? You know how like your body is able to clean itself out, like the, like the whole autophagy with fasting? Maybe doing a fecal transplant would cause the body to clean up the amyloid plaque and help us slowly regain memory. Possibly, you never yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's just a theory there. Yeah, yep, that, that'll, that'll be insane. I mean, hopefully we don't have to go as far. Excuse me for burping, but hopefully we don't have to go as far Damn as- Damn claws. Yeah. Hopefully, we have to go as far as the fecal transplant. Hopefully, people realize or researchers kind of can identify what diets are going to better help you prevent this Alzheimer's disease. Because a fecal transplant is literally 
put in someone's you know poop inside your, your gut so you can Very develop invasive. yeah so you could develop that gut bacteria that, that they have hopefully by by preventative methods like a good change in diet and exercise we could have kind of avoid doing that just by educating the public and kind of having a better way to manufacture and grow our foods and sustain agriculture and animals because our number one key for you know Alzheimer's disease and literally all other diseases is not getting it and not getting that disease starts with prevention so if you could prevent certain diseases then we don't have to worry about treating them anymore right so we should try to focus on prevention as much as we can and then you know if we can't figure that out, then I guess you go to treatment. But, you know, the site that we live in, we have to explore both avenues. And that's something we don't do enough of. And as Western society, we need, you know, Peter and I mm-hmm. talk about this on the podcast literally every single episode. And we stress prevention, diet, and nutrition as like the importance and the hallmark, including, you know, getting quality sleep and managing your stress. Like that all comes full circle. Yeah, 100%. And looking at like these... Uh, studies with with Alzheimer's disease and the like the Alzheimer's fund or um, alzheimers.com I forgot what the exact foundation name was but majority of them if not all they recommend having a healthy balanced diet as a number one key preventive method to preventing Alzheimer's and any kind of dementia and you know they're telling you this but they're also saying that hey diet impacts your likelihood of getting dementia and Alzheimer's, which also then means that your gut has some kind of a role role in doing this. Because if you're changing your diet up and it's preventing you from getting certain diseases, then obviously something gets activated or turned off in the gut that is causing this this decrease in prevalence in Alzheimer's disease and, and dementia. So it's just if you don't think gut health is important, you should really take a step back and actually do some research because your gut plays a role in anything. Anything that, that you eat goes through your gut. And you realize that your gut is sustaining your life because it breaks down everything you eat into chemicals and into different proteins and amino acids for your body to function. And your your cells need your guts function properly so they can get the proper nutrition for optimal organ function. Yeah, and fun fact from Viome here, it says in many ways, the gut bacteria are vast and as mysterious as the Milky Way because there's over a hundred trillion bacteria, both good and bad, living inside of our digestive system. Hmm. And that's why it's so important to optimize these things. We're we're supposed to do like an episode of follow-up on the whole gut microbe, but I'm kind of looking at my scores here. And it's interesting how, you know, these results break down everything from gut health to cellular health, to mitochondria health, to immune system health. And it's wild to see how specific foods that you're eating before and you don't realize how they're all grouped up and they, they release the same chemicals, amino acids from bacteria that might be affecting you. Yeah. Such as eating a lot of uh, dates, eggs, peanut butter, and another one, banana, they all have in common where they release a buildup of a specific uh, metabolite, which is really high in my body. So I should be not consuming as much eggs or peanut butter, dates, because mm. the, all those things have in common. Yeah. Even, a, even a small thing like an orange, I realize that it causes inflammation in, in my in my gut. Mm-hmm. And who would have known that an orange is not a good thing for me at the moment? Yeah, but it makes sense where kind of where we come from. We come from Europe, so the availability of oranges is not very high. So your gut biome probably is not used to, or the, the genetics in your gut biome are probably not used to eating oranges. So it probably has not figured out the best way to probably use oranges for fuel. You probably ate a lot of potatoes. You know, your genes probably have a vast amount of information of how to digest potatoes or, you know, those more common foods where we come from. And 
you're going to have different results for somebody that doesn't come from where we are and it might have like a different impact on the food that you commonly eat you 100%. Know, because the gut biome or the gut biome is geared towards person and towards like the part of the world that you live in because you basically over time eat an x amount of foods that your body is genetically used to because you get your genes passed down from your parents and they get passed down from their parents so like there's some genetic history of what foods genetically we're going to be able to process better than others, which is also crazy to think about. That's why I always make it an excuse to not avoid cheese and dairy because I kind of tell myself, well, I was born on a farm and we've been drinking milk from childhood, man, so it must be okay. Yeah, milk is good, dude. Yeah, Viome hasn't screamed at me about that. <laughs> but it's so important to take a look at and break down those things because another example, for example, bell peppers was something I was supposed to avoid because... There's, a, there's something called the model virus, which is known to infect bell peppers. Mm -hmm. And that virus is causing like a microbial warfare in my gut, which is only leading to more inflammation. And eventually more inflammation can cause a leaky gut, which could lead to other things and cause infection. So yeah. we take it for granted. We just, we, think, we just think we're eating and it's because we're so commercialized with capitalism where we're eating what's on TV and that's the good thing we need to try that oh my god it's ice cream or Reese's and we don't we completely neglect the fact that that reality is artificial and it has a negative impact on our body yeah not saying I haven't had ice cream recently or whatever like balance is key ladies and gentlemen right everything in moderation you know everything in moderation everything has a purpose try to use everything as a tool you know you could you could eat healthy and also enjoy eating you can say the unhealthy stuff every so often like there's nothing wrong with with eating happily you could say right it's just what it is but man i looked at a study um it was a study from university of geneva they looked at uh, some humans and they studied their gut microbiome and they found that there was a correlation between certain bacteria in the, in the gut and also an increase in these amyloid proteins which then also made the patients more susceptible to this inflammation and this this degeneration of neurons in the brain. So I actually showed that certain bacteria in our gut can produce an increased amount of this amyloid protein, which then causes an increased probability and percentage of somebody getting Alzheimer's. So there is almost a direct correlation between your gut biome and you getting Alzheimer's disease and dementia. How does the vagus nerve transfer all this up? Like, it just makes you wonder because you have this microbe where it, it is where it's supposed to be in the gut, but somehow there's a byproduct creating metabolites, creating this amyloid plaque, and it's just traveling mm -hmm. up to the brain, getting left there, causing more issues, right? leading to Alzheimer's. I'm trying to fathom the fact. I can't wait till research finally comes out and tells us, okay, this is, this is what happened. Aha. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, science is not fixed. Things always change. We can't say that one thing works guaranteed because opinions and science, things change over time. Yeah. Remember, there was a point in time where everybody thought that the sun and all the planets and the moon revolved around Earth. But we have found out is we revolve around the sun. And those people back then were considered crazy, you know, unintelligent. And guess what? You know, they were proven true. So just because you might not think it's fact now, don't be the fool because science might prove it to be real, you know, in the coming years. So you'd be skeptical. Like every scientist, if you want to do, if you do research, 
as a researcher, it doesn't matter how good you are in research, you should always be skeptical. If you could figure out a way to you know, prove yourself wrong, then obviously that thing that you were looking for is obviously not true, right? So you got to kind of be careful. You got to, for science, you kind of got to put your bias aside and just take it for, for what it is with the information that you have without putting a lot of emotion into it because sometimes our emotions get in the way of things, things become politicized and the facts get kind of clouded by this, by this smoke. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. R.I.P. Pop Smoke, right? Huh? I have no idea what that is. As a rapper. I think he died. He got shot or something. Okay. Shout out to that, man. I'm sure you had a good song, dude. No you I'm did. sure you had some bars. You for sure heard it. I'll play it later after this because okay. we're going to get centered. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to talk about science, man. Just thinking about... it's it's. I'm thinking about it's so funny how we kind of lost our... We're so disconnected from nature. We lost the fact that nothing is for certain our life isn't what's going to happen tomorrow nature no na there's one thing that we know that's certain for life and that's change and death mm -hmm. so therefore how can we say that one thing is always going to work in science just like you know sunscreens <clears throat> excuse me we finally had research that says it causes causes cancer so which one do you want to choose putting it on or putting it off i don't know what's going to outweigh the risk same thing with insert you know i don't want to even talk about it the shots that's happening there's science is not fixed ladies and gentlemen and that's why it should be your choice at the end of the day to make whatever decision that you want even baby powders man we, we've been putting baby powders on butts and then johnson and johnson came out that that talc is it talc talc powder yeah. the talc powder is causing cancer we gave we gave it to the babies early on look what happened yep. look at a best asbestos in the tiles in our um, houses and lead and paint. We thought it was a good idea at one point. Now we're just saying, hey, we're breathing in cancer, guys. Avoid this. Yep. Cigarettes. Remember the time where everything grocery store said fat-free on it? Well, guess what? Then we realized that, hey, we probably shouldn't have fat-free stuff because it's messed up everyone's hormones. You know, so we're still probably feeling the, the long-term effects of, of, of that happening. And that was a few years ago because people are probably scared shitless of fats and they wouldn't consume fats and they probably didn't grow properly. Then they get some hormonal imbalances and, you know, sometimes those things just stuck with them for life. Right. And so just always try to, you know, just always try to figure out what's right and what's wrong by yourself. That's a man I over here with this podcast just spins knowledge and some opinions because sometimes it's hard to find this stuff if you don't look for it. And not everybody has has time, seven, eight hours of the day to, you know, do some research that, that they've been meaning to do for years and years and years. But, you know, we're here to do it for you guys. And That's why we know, are here. We're just here giving our honest opinion and just presenting to you what we've we found on the internet, what we found in our research. Another thing that's interesting going off topic here is, for example, the whole fluoride thing. We have fluoride in our uh, drinking water for most of America. We have it added to our toothpaste because fluoride was known to prevent cavities. Uh, supposedly that the whole that whole study was kind of booty, but I don't have you know the research to back it up right now in the I mean, show. Every time I go to my dentist, uh, they haven't seen any kind of decrease in cavities. I, I I've asked multiple times, like, hey, have you seen a decrease in cavities? No, they never tell me. Yeah, they always tell me. Yeah, I mean, kids have, have cavities. They've they've been coming, and it's like nothing changed. So obviously, whatever they hypothesized is the fluoride probably wasn't that accurate. Yeah, I, I stopped using fluoride toothpaste all in all a couple of years ago, and even when I wanted to go talk to my dentist about it, he said the same thing. If you're over the age of like 65, you really don't need fluoride. It doesn't benefit you anymore. 
and doesn't prevent any more cavities. Mm -hmm. So the lo I, I think he says something about the whole bone remodeling process that your teeth get weaker when you get older. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's good to substitute cavity because your holes open up in your teeth and you're more bound to have bacteria come there and cause mm -hmm. cavities. Makes sense. So personally, I don't brush my teeth with fluoride. If you do, it's okay. We're still friends. Yeah. I don't hate you for it. It's your choice, right? Yeah, do you, do you. <laughs> but if I'm sleeping over, battery fluoride, free toothpaste, you know? Yeah, man. You better not bring that shit anywhere close to me. I'll, I'll bring my own. Yeah. Or the, I wonder, or the skip the day of brushing my teeth. Yeah. I was about to ask, I wonder if, if the hospital has fluoride free toothpaste, but they probably don't. No, it's all it's fluoride, man. Standard. Because I used to brush my teeth after uh, yeah. before my shift. Yeah, I used to do. So since we're talking about this gut health, Alzheimer's disease, we're going to also present some foods that can potentially prevent and some foods that can potentially cause you to have Alzheimer's disease. And this is kind of like almost the same repetitive stuff that we've been saying about diet. The foods that are highly processed, like your deli meats, your processed cheese, like American cheese, uh, anything that's like with white flour, white, white base, you could say. So that's like your white sugar, your white flour, your pasta, your white rice. Those are all considered to be not as healthy for you. And obviously those foods are going to also increase the likelihood and chance of you gaining Alzheimer's. Specifically, like for example, the, the white foods, like the white bread, the white flour, and the rice, it causes a spike in glucose and insulin, which then leads to inflammation, which then causes inflammation in the brain, which can lead to Alzheimer's disease. But uh, they also can cause a buildup of this amyloid plaque in your, you know, in your neurons. And also some of these foods also contain nitrosamines, I believe they're called, which also contribute to this amyloid plaque buildup in your brain. So if it's if the food that you're eating is unhealthy, highly processed, some of that has a lot of ingredients, that's going to promote and contribute to this widespread inflammation in your body. And now you're throwing like diabetes into this and you're still eating, eating very unhealthily, then you're causing even more inflammation. Because as we know, people with diabetes, they're almost in a chronically inflammatory state. And obviously, if you add more onto it, likelihood of getting Alzheimer's is going to substantially increase. Long story short, if you continue eating that way, your memory's going to be wiped out. You're going to forget. It's like the matrix, man. One day, someone's going to come and just take that little picture and wipe your memory clean, but mm -hmm. it's going to be the freaking amyloid plaque in this case. Yep, you're going to forget, but you're still going to be forced to pay taxes, you know? Yeah. And you're not going to know it. That's messed up, man. That's some shit. Even if you have those um, student loans, maybe you forgot, mm -hmm. you still loan. Guess what? Government didn't. Doesn't matter. It was 60 years ago. Doesn't matter if you're 85, you still got loans. Well, guess what? You might forget to pick up your daughter from school or your granddaughter. But guess what? Big brother, you're forgetting your taxes at the end of the year. <laughs> and uh, changes in your diet that you should incorporate that's going to help to prevent the role of Alzheimer's. So sticking to your protein, lean meats, lean fish, which is very healthy because amino acids uh, form the basis of your brain cells. Eating vegetables, fruits, whole grains. Uh, you need a healthy source of uh Carbohydrates, which is the main source of the uh, the fuel for the brain, aka glucose. Mm -hmm. uh, healthy fats like omega fatty acids, and that supports the immune system. It lowers inflammation and shields your brain from damage. We have fermented foods, which actually increase the beneficial good bacteria in your body and helps stabilize that flora. And then also adequate hydration, since water is very important. We are like what eighty percent. I don't know what the calculation you know, like is i think we're made Maybe. out of water it's yeah. important we're almost fish yeah we're almost fish we're just not swimming in it yeah on the inside we're fish yeah so make sure you hydrate we're human beings we're not machine we need to learn how to do 
things such as managing stress, the diet that we talked about, and also sleep is very important. Yeah, and we actually, I looked at one more study. Uh, if you guys want to see all these studies, obviously in the show notes, com, we give links to all our studies and all the information that we provide. Uh, there was one study that I looked into and it found a correlation between the likelihood of getting Alzheimer's and heightened stress, poor sleep quality, and poor diet. So if you have, if you're lacking in all three of those, diet, stress, and and sleep, then your chances of getting Alzheimer's also increase. So this just shows that our body likes to be in homeostasis, and homeostasis is affected by everything, which means physically what you do, emotionally how you feel, your thoughts, what you put in your body. You know, we're this giant giant wheel of spokes and all these spokes have to properly work for you to this wheel to function properly. So this is why it's not just like a a one one quick fix. It's something that you have to continually work on for the rest of your life. But you know, we're all very adaptable as humans. So if you're lacking in one area, then you can make it up make it up for for it in other areas. Like for example, if you have a high calorie dense diet, you can most likely make it up if you have also a more intense workout. That's kind of how our body you know, balances itself out. It doesn't mean that, hey, you should eat, eat all these processed foods as long as you burn it off. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that if you lack in one quality, you can make it up in another quality, but not if you're completely lacking in that area. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. I think we should wrap this one up. Wrap it up. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in on a episode a little bit shorter today. We've been keeping it to 30 minutes, straight business, straight facts. Thank you for tuning in for Alzheimer's, the latest research on why Alzheimer's exists, our hypothesis on the future of it, and some ways to avoid it and prevent it. I'm sorry, to avoid it and how to prevent it from happening with like diet, food, exercise. 100%. All right, everybody, make sure you guys check us out on YouTube.com, The Couple of Nurses, and don't forget to check out prntohealth.com for the coolest traveling site and app out there. Peace. Peace.